Welcome to church. This week, Pastor Doug is continuing our series, Disciples Who Make Disciples, with his sermon titled, Pursue. He'll be showing us how incredibly important our hunger for God is and why we need to pursue Him with all of our hearts. If you're new here, we'd love to get you connected with our community. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199, and we will respond right back. I'm so glad you could join us today. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. And surely I am with you always. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. To the very end of the age. Well, welcome everyone. Wasn't it a uh, beautiful fall day yesterday? And another, uh, another nice day today, and this week's going to be nice. So I tell you what, enjoy it while it lasts. This is all kind of bonus time, so this is wonderful. Um, I want to welcome you to church this morning. If you're here in person for the first time, uh, especially want you to feel at home here and feel welcome in our community Or if you're watching online, no matter where you're at watching us online, we want to welcome you. And if it's the first time you're watching us online as well, we we want you to feel part of our community and our family here. So um, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of fall usually, probably because the nice days of summer are starting to be over and I'm really not looking forward to the cold and shoveling snow and... um, Maybe it even goes back to when I was a kid, when fall would come. I was never crazy about going back to school in fall after, after summer. Um, whatever the case, I have a few fall jokes this morning to help with my autumn PTSD, okay? So why did the scarecrow win the Nobel Prize for Agriculture? It was because he was outstanding in his field. Yes, thank you. Okay, this one's a little sadder. Why, why did the apple pie cry? Why did the apple pie cry? Because its peelings were hurt. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're almost, we're almost done, so just hang in there. So if pilgrims... If pilgrims traveled on the Mayflower, what do college students travel on? They travel on scholarships. Okay, finally, finally, this one's kind of cute. How do you fix a flat jack-o'-lantern? How do you fix a flat jack-o'-lantern? With a pumpkin patch. Okay. Okay, I know, I know. My kids tell me all the time, don't quit my Sunday job. So um, I'm continuing our series this morning entitled Disciples Who Make Disciples. And all of the messages so far have been about characteristics uh, of people whose primary focus is 
leading other people to become uh, Christ followers, and then providing a, a safe environment for those new followers to grow and mature, and then they in turn can lead others to Christ. And so far we've focused on several different characteristics, and as we found out from Pastor Bev, it was a little disappointing to realize that often the best we can retain of what we hear is only, only 5%. But being a, a former teacher in, in one of the many things I've done in my life, two of the keys to retention are, to, yeah, to retention are repetition and review. Repetition and review. So with the availability of our messages on the, the various platforms, I'd encourage you while you're driving to work, driving in the car, or you're uh, in the kitchen preparing a meal or something, or you're outside raking leaves, or heaven, heaven forbid, raking or uh, shoveling snow, um, I'd encourage you to listen to one of our podcasts or watch one of our YouTube videos of a sermon you missed or, or when the Holy Spirit had really spoken to you, and it, it'll allow him to reinforce what you've heard and, and what you've learned. So right now, to get uh, started, we're going to do a short summary of what we, where we've been so far. So Pastor OJ started off uh, with a message called Transformed, and he showed us how God uses the discipleship process to change us to become more like Jesus, which is really important. We all need that. And then Pastor Bev explained that to be a faithful follower or disciple of Jesus, we have to live in a way that imitates how Jesus lived, imitate, imitates his example for us. Um, he then followed up by showing us how believer and follower and disciple are all the same description of those who choose to make that life-transforming decision to become a Christ follower and to lead other people to Christ. And then last week, Pastor OJ used his famous Focus acrostic, that's a big word, acrostic, to illustrate, illustrate the process and benefits of setting goals to help bring our lives into focus. So he had the letter F-O-C-U-S. And can anyone tell me what any of those letters stood for? And this is an open book quiz. So if you have notes from last week, you'd have an advantage. Can anybody tell me what F stood for? Fantastic. Faith and family first. How about the O? Awesome. Others before yourself. Number C, uh, the letter C? Cut out the distractions. That's awesome. How about you? Unstoppable attitude. And finally, S? Surrender. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you, guys. So you just beat the 5%. You consider yourselves... Very special. So this week, the title of my message is called Pursue. Pursue. And you could define pursue as the passionate, the zealous, the energetic, the very close, the very eager, the often desperate chasing of someone or something. So with all your might, you're chasing someone or you're chasing something with the purpose of overtaking it, or to reach your desired goal. And the theme pursue permeates 
every permeates society in every form from real-life scenarios where law enforcement agencies or bounty hunters are pursuing lawbreakers and to relationships where love and, and the glory of love is the goal of their pursuit. Treasure hunters and archaeologists pursue an invaluable piece of history. And athletes, athletes, either as individuals or on a team, they pursue the ultimate prize, they pursue the championship, they pursue the gold medal. And finally, higher education and career advancement and larger salaries and bigger homes and more expensive toys, all of these things have a materialistic pursuit. They have a materialistic focus and reward to their pursuits. But how does pursue fit into our spiritual lives? How does pursue relate to disciples who make disciples? So a disciple maker consciously or unconsciously holds up a bar. And then those that are following after them will come up somewhere beneath that bar. So if they hold that bar up high, others will come up to that high bar. However, if they hold that bar low, others will only come up to that level. So what characteristics of this morning's message pursue? What characteristics do we need to have in our lives to go after the high bar, to set the example of God's very best for us? So the first characteristic is unquenchable, unquenchable. And Psalms 41, David says, just like a deer that craves streams of water, my whole being craves you, God. My whole being thirsts for God, for the living God. When will I come and see God's face? I like how the message paraphrases that last phrase. It says, I wonder, will I ever make it? Will I ever arrive and drink in God's presence? So the picture that David paints here in the Psalms is of a deer that is panting and craving and pursuing with all of its strength a fresh stream of water. And that deer is crashing through the forest with branches whipping at its face as it leaps over logs and it darts around obstacles, desperately thirsting for, desperately pursuing that refreshing, life-sustaining, flowing water. Nothing else matters to the deer at that point. Nothing can deter it from its pursuit of its goal. It truly is a matter of life and death for that deer. And of course, hunger and thirst are, they're built-in natural expressions of every living creature's need for food and water. Food and water sustain our physical being. And one thing that 
is a clear indication that if something is wrong with us, is often when we lose our appetite. And it's the same as spiritual beings. To hunger and thirst for God is at the very root of the way he made us. All around us in society, we see such a hunger and thirst for spiritual things. And when there's no hunger for the spiritual things, when there's no hunger for the presence of God, it's an indicator that something is wrong, something is off inside us spiritually. And one of the greatest tragedies, one of the saddest things of the last year and a half is that many, many people, either because of fear or other reasons, have disengaged from community. They've disengaged from coming to God's house, disengaged from being in his presence. And while we're so thankful, we're so grateful to have our online campus, Sunday for many people has become just like any other day. It was not long ago that families would plan their Sundays around coming to church together. They would purposely make it a priority. And now for many, that's all changed. And life, with all of its busyness, is more than glad to rush in and fill that void. So what we prioritize, what we are consuming, either feeds or starves our spiritual appetites. And because our appetite for God and spiritual things is so basic to our human nature, if we're not finding that fulfillment in God, if we're looking for happiness and fulfillment in any area except in our relationship with Him, we will find that we no longer have that hunger for God. Instead, we'll snack our way through life on fast food, spiritual activities, and then complain about our busyness and tiredness. And I get it. I get it, especially if you're a parent with young children or, or maybe even teenagers. Your whole life seems consumed with just managing them. And at the end of the day, all you can do is crash on the couch and hope for a few quiet minutes before you go to bed, and then you wake up and the whole cycle starts again. But the reality of it is we will, we will find time for what is important to us. And what we find time for is what feeds us. What we prioritize, we will hunger for. And parents, just a side note here, you are responsible. God holds you responsible for developing a hunger for him in the hearts and lives of your children. What do you set your kids down in front of? What are you inputting into your children's lives? Disney can make them feel good for a short time, but Disney will not develop a hunger and thirst for God in their lives. 
And this is serious. Parents, this is one of the most serious things that you have an accountability for God for is to develop a hunger and thirst in your children for God. But I, in all honesty, I have to start and I have to look at myself and I have to ask myself, is any of my spare time devoted to hungering and thirsting after God? Or is it spent binging Netflix episodes or endlessly scrolling through social media or from football to hockey to basketball to tennis because I love sports and sometimes I love it too much. Recently, with all of the dark clouds surrounding us, with a sense of urgency that Satan is pushing extra hard to establish his control and his kingdom on this earth and God desperately wanting to bring revival. I've purposely set my alarm earlier in the morning and, and no matter how tired I am, I've purposely made a point of being in prayer in God's word. Am I perfect? No, I'm so far from it. But I'm forcing myself to hunger and thirst after God And number two, I'm desperately asking God to increase my hunger and desire for him. Otherwise, I mean, when things get really hard, when things get really desperate, how will I stand if I haven't found that secret place with him? In the book of Revelation, it is crystal clear that at some point in the future, And it could be sooner than we think. Unless we bow to a world system, we will not be able to participate in the economy, in society. Well, how will we work? How will we feed our families? Our dependence will totally be on God because we will have no other choice. But Pastor Doug, we'll be raptured before then. But what if we're not? What if we're not? Already today, at this very moment, all around us, we see warning signs. And nothing at this moment in time can be more important than developing an unquenchable hunger and thirst for God and pursuing that secret place of His presence. Nothing can be more important than that right now. So, how do we develop an unquenchable appetite for God? The first thing is to miss it. To miss it. Do you have a gnawing ache or do you have an empty feeling inside of you? That's exactly what hunger is. Or has it been so long since you've spiritually eaten healthy food Or all you've had is spiritual fast food and you're actually starving to death spiritually, not even realizing that you're not hungry for God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says to the church in Ephesus, he says, you have left the love you had in the beginning. So remember where you were before you fell. Change your hearts and do what you did at first. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful turning point 
in pursuing God when we come to a place where we feel empty and unfulfilled, and then we realize and remember what we are missing, what we once had. And you know, sometimes even going through the religious motions, sometimes even going through the stuff that we do for God, sometimes that is even even a poor substitute. Well, it is a poor substitute for actually pursuing God, pursuing a relationship with Him. The second thing after ask it is request it. Request it. John 6.44, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, giving them the desire to come to me. So pursuit begins with God, but then it ends with us. You know what? It's okay if if we don't feel it. Often God feels far away and sometimes we know we need God, but our flesh and our souls aren't wanting Him. At that point, we ask God to help me to want you. So we say, God, help me want to want you. God, help me to hunger for you. And since it's God who initially does the pursuing, then when we pray for a greater spiritual hunger, we're praying right in line with God's will. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The third way this morning is that we catch it by acting on it. We catch it by acting on it. So spiritual hunger is contagious, and it it can be caught. But it all starts with us taking an action, taking a step forward in faith towards God, because He's there waiting for us. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Listen, I'm standing and knocking at your door. If you hear my voice and you take that action, you open that door, then I will come in and we will eat together. We will fellowship together. We'll have a relationship together. So what are some practical ways we can begin to take a step towards God, towards hungering for God? Well, listen to a a strong God podcast. Start a good devotional book or read someone else's blog about their spiritual journey. Often when we hear about someone else's journey back towards God, it stirs up in us that hunger. I recently started by faith to read A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God. So my hunger for him would be stirred up and increased. So after realizing that we miss it and we request it, the next step to stirring up and catching that hunger is acting on it and moving towards God. Jesus declared in John 6, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Psalms 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
John 7, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. The fourth way of developing that is fasting. Fasting, fasting and prayer. And fasting, man, I don't like fasting. I like food. I like these things that stir up my soul. I don't like fasting, but shutting off our natural appetites periodically for food or things that distract us from God, things that we crave, but they don't feed us spiritually. Taking a break from these things helps bring our spiritual hunger back into proper balance. Jesus says in Mark 4 that not only the worldly things that we care about, but all the things that we desire that are not of God, all the cares of the world, all, all the things that we want, choke out the Word of God in our lives. Fasting helps restore that balance. The second characteristic of a disciple who makes disciples and pursues God is relentless. Relentless. <clears throat> this morning we sang reckless love and we heard about how God passionately and relentlessly pursues us with his overwhelming love. So much so that he sent his own son to die and suffer for us. But what about our pursuit of him? Is it relentless? Do we even understand what that looks like? So many great stories have been written. Many love songs have been sung about relentless pursuit. <clears throat> And there's a movie from 1992 called Last of the Mohicans that focuses on the, the relentless pursuit of love. And the context of this movie is during the 1700s, the last members of a, a dying indigenous tribe, the Mohicans, they live in peace alongside the British colonists. But when the daughters of a British colonel are kidnapped by the warring Huron tribe, the the Mohican father, his son, and, and their adopted half-white son must go and rescue these two girls. And what makes it so much more emotional is that the love is the love that the two sons have for the two daughters that have been kidnapped. And at one point, when they're about to be separated, about to be torn apart, the main character tells his love, that no matter what happens, I will come for you. I will fight for you. I will fiercely pursue you because of my great love for you. He will risk everything for her. He will, no river is too deep, no mountain, no waterfall is too high, no enemy too fierce to stop his relentless pursuit of her. How much more did a God who loves us give up 
everything to pursue us? Do we have that same determination, that same desperate pursuit of God that he has for us? In Luke chapter 11, Jesus tells a parable of a man who had a guest unexpectedly arrive late at night. And he's got no bread, he's got no groceries to feed his guest. And so he goes to his neighbor's house at, at midnight and he starts banging on the door, ringing the doorbell, but his neighbor won't answer. His neighbor won't answer him. But because the man is relentless and because he's persistent in asking for help, his neighbor finally answers the door and the request is granted. Then Jesus wraps it up and says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. The worship team can go ahead and come on back up. So what are these three words, ask, seek, and knock? What do they have in common? The simple answer is pursuit. Pursuit. God wants us to pursue Him actively and relentlessly just as He actively and relentlessly pursues us. It's really quite amazing that the God of this universe who created us wants us to pursue Him. Why would He want that? Because God wants true fellowship, He wants true friendship with you and I, and it has to be two-way. God shouldn't be the only one pursuing. So, have you ever had a friend who you seemed, who you liked very much in a relationship, but you seemed to be doing all the work? And as much as you love to spend time with them, uh, with your friend, and you care deeply about that person, don't you wish that they would pursue? Don't you wish that they would reciprocate? Maybe even in, in a marriage. Well, welcome to God's life. Welcome to God's life. He's always sending us good things. He's always taking care of us despite my selfishness, despite my ignorance, despite my rebelliousness. God deserves more than my attention, more than your attention. He deserves our affection. He doesn't just want us to listen to Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to follow hard after Him with all our heart. Psalm 63 says, God, You are my God. I'm searching so hard to find you, body and soul. I thirst for you in this dry and weary land without water. The great news is that in Jeremiah it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. The third and final characteristic is dying to know him dying to know him. To have more of God in my life, there really needs to be less of me. If I don't decrease, then how can God increase? 
Paul says it so well in Philippians 3. He says, For my determined purpose is that I may know Him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of His person more strongly and more clearly. But to do so, I have to have a relentless and unquenchable desire and hunger for God. And I need to die to myself far more than I ever have before. But you know what? Let's be honest. Let's be real this morning. I'm so far away. We're probably all so far away from where God wants us to be. But I've realized, and I want you to realize as well, that as I take those first steps, those baby steps to passionately pursue Him, as I determine to be the kind of disciple that will set a high bar for other disciples, as I gradually decrease the things that so distract me from God, so that He may increase in my life as I commit to taking the steps towards loving Jesus, I can't help but hunger more for Him. I'm going to wrap up with two amazing quotes this morning. The first one is from John Eldritch's Wild at Heart book. And he says, I'm convinced beyond a shadow, beyond a doubt of this, God wants to be loved. He wants to be a priority to someone. How could we have missed this? From cover to cover, from beginning to end, the cry of God's heart is, why won't you choose me? Why won't you choose me? It's amazing to see how humble how vulnerable God is on this point. You will find me, says the Lord, when you seek me with all your heart. In other words, look for me. Pursue me. I want you to pursue me. So powerful. Such, a, such an insight into God's heart. That he wants to be loved. He wants to be pursued. And finally, A.W. Tozer says in, in the book I'm reading, The Pursuit of God, he says, God waits. God is waiting to be wanted. He waits on us to want him. He waits on us to spend time with him because he loves us and he pursues us. He's desperate for us to pursue him, even as he relentlessly pursued us first. And it's so, it's so easy. It's so easy in this crazy, busy, distracting world to ignore God, to lose our hunger for him. But you know what? This morning, we can turn that around. This morning, we can... We can change that. This morning we can say, God, help my desire for you.
Help me to want to want you. And when we take that step in faith to pursue him, God promises we will find him. Please stand with me this morning and bow your hearts. This prayer is for all of us here in person, for all of us watching online. God, I admit that I've lost my hunger for you. I've let other things distract me and and fill me up. Today, I ask that you help me to want to want you. Help me to want to pursue you. Today, I want to pursue you even as you have always pursued me. God, give me an unquenchable and relentless hunger and thirst for you. And maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never made that decision to be a Christ follower. I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never asked Christ into your heart and into your world, I want you to just pray along with me. The reason we do this is it's very simple. The Bible says that if we just invite God in, that He will come in. So you can pray this along with me. Jesus, I realize that you have always pursued me. You have always loved me. And this morning, I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of pursuing other things. I want you to come into my life today. Please forgive me for my sins and my failures. Forgive me for doing things my own way. Thank you for pursuing me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I receive your gift today of a brand new start. By praying that simple prayer, wow, (laughs) we've taken a huge step towards God, a huge step forward. And if that's the first time you've ever prayed it and made a decision for God like that, we want to walk with you. We want to answer any questions you may have. We'd love to hear from you. And so you can either text life, the word life, to the number on the screen, or you can comment and ask for prayer or help in the social media chat, or you can talk and pray with us in person up front here after the service. But thank you so much for hearing my heart, for hearing God's heart. And thank you for pursuing God this week, pursuing God today, pursuing God as he loves and pursues us. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.